Eight. Awesome. Let's stand and and um, yeah, just bring our best to God. Let's enter His gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Thank you, Lord, for all you have done. Thank you, Lord, for the sacrifices that you have made for us. I thank you that you are for us. You're not against us, Lord, and that you love us. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Amen.
I'll praise your name. I'll praise your name. I'll praise your name. I'll praise your name. Holy praise. I'm gonna praise all of my days. I'm gonna lift your in this place and in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to church. Nice to see you. It's good to praise God when it's cold too, isn't it? Yeah, get moving like Owen was shaking there. <laughs> Were you doing that too? <laughs> you may be seated. Oh yeah, it's great to be in church. Sharon and I have been away for almost three weeks. So, oh my goodness, we so appreciate our church family. Isn't it awful when you're away from your church family, away from home? And we just so appreciate you all. And it's fantastic to be back together with church family. We got to, to be with other church families, but it's just not quite the same, is it? as your own church family. So Sharon's going to share a little bit about our time away later. We do have some sad news or sad news for us. Graham Fullerton passed away on Wednesday morning. If you do get our church emails, then you would have read that. Really, really sad news for us. He would normally be sitting right there next to Sally. But we, there's something missing this morning, isn't there? Incredibly sad for us. But boy, oh boy, I know that he is partying. He is rejoicing because he is with his heavenly father. He is with also with his family who, have, who had all gone before his wife and his two children, his son just recently and his his daughter, Mediana, I knew his daughter, Mediana, was in Sunday school together with her. And it's just fantastic to know that he is in a fantastic place. But we grieve, don't we? We miss him sitting right there and his beautiful smile. So, yeah, I just want to pray for us as a, as a church family as in our time of grieving. God, we honour Graham's life 
today, God. We thank You for the incredible man that he has been in our lives. And God, I thank You that he knew You, that he was so passionately in love with You, that he is is rejoicing in glory today with You, that he is able to be with You and be with family. God, I ask for your comfort to be around all those who are grieving for his loss, for our loss today, God. Comfort and give us your peace. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Graham's uh, funeral will be tomorrow at 1.30 at Graceway Church uh, on Gray Street. So uh, you are more than welcome. If you do go, then it would be nice if you could take a plate to contribute towards the afternoon tea. So that's 1.30 tomorrow. Now, if you do not, don't get our, um, our emails, our church emails, if you missed the, the news, then there is a form um, in the back of your, on the front of the seat there, the back of the seats, then grab one of those, thank you, grab one of these and fill out your details and we'll put you onto our email list. Easy. Pop it, yes, pop it in either in the red box. You turn around, you'll see the red letter box by the doors there or in one of the giving boxes in the foyer. Easily done. Fantastic. Trevor, would you like to come and let us know what's coming up this week? How about you give Pastor Trevor a hand? Does anybody get the idea that we could do with some better leadership in the United States? How about New Zealand? And how about Hamilton? So our church takes this seriously, and we are on a journey to developing a, uh, an entity or, a, or an organization that people in business or people growing in leadership can belong to. And so to this week, Thursday, we have this special open meeting with Mark Powell, who was the CEO of the Warehouse Group. So he had quite a bit to do in Hamilton as well as they made the takeover of Torpedo 7 in Hamilton and the takeover of Noel Lemmings. And uh, he's got quite a story to tell. He was the one that introduced the living wage, if you remember that. There was quite a bit of controversy. So this Thursday, we're having him right here. And you can come, no cost, And it will be a great opportunity for you to see the in-between as we step out as a church, reach out as a church to the community. It won't be a church meeting. It will be a business education meeting. But it just so happens that Mark Powell is a passionate Christian and he's going to tell his story. So I'm sure there's going to be some secrets told there of what really is success in his life and how he sees success for for changing New Zealand. So uh, I'd really, really love you all to come. You do need to register. We've got these in the foyer. Tells you how to register. See me afterwards if all else fails and I'll take a note of your details. Um, But we'd really love this to be a great occasion for the church to step out, to show that we're stepping out and reaching out beyond the four walls of the church. Thank you. Awesome. That'll be great. So email sarah.h up there. You can email to register. I can see a couple of faces that I 
Don't know, I don't think. So welcome this morning. It's great to have you with us. If you are here for the first time, then please grab a, um, one of our welcome bags on your way out. There'll be someone to meet you at the table on the right in the foyer. Enjoy today with us. Let's celebrate the birthdays, eh? How about you come and join me in the aisle, Owen? <laughs> Is there anyone else who's had a birthday? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Fantastic. Any wedding anniversaries? No? Have we got? No? Okay, how about we stand church and let's pray a prayer of blessing over these wonderful people. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, our missionaries have said thank you to you for the postcards. There's a a few notes up there. You can have a have a read of them now. We had the privilege of uh, taking the postcards personally to Grant and Vicky, so that was great. They said they sat down and read them, and there was a tear in their eye as they read them. So, thank you, Church, for blessing our missionaries through the postcards. It was a fantastic idea, wasn't it? Yeah, you can do that throughout the year, any time if you like. Send them an email, a postcard, whatever you like. Encourage them. Awesome. Well, next Sunday we've got Ian Green with us. It's going to be a fantastic Sunday, so it'd be great not to miss that one. Well, I think I've covered everything on the list. Isn't that good? Leanne's going to come and share what's happening. You can go to the movies tomorrow night. You're free tomorrow night? Not free. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Um, My name's Leanne. I'm a volunteer with Hagar Hamilton, and we're doing a screening of the documentary Nefarious, Merchant of Souls. Um, It's at Lido, so it's... I'm um, going to be a nice, comfortable environment for you to watch it in. Um, we're, we're fundraising for Hagar. Uh, now, you might think nefarious, that's quite a strong word. Um, but it, it's, it's a very real thing happening in our world today. Um, some of you may be aware that, that slavery is actually at 21 million across the world today. So William Wilberforce, a lot of you knew who he was. He um, was very vocal about abolishing slavery. Um, he, he achieved a lot, but unfortunately it's a growing industry today and it's often seen in the form of sex trafficking. So what Nefarious is about, it's just talking about the different, um, just over the world, the different things that are happening there. There may be some countries you're surprised that it's, that it's happening in. Um, and it just gives a really good overview and it talks from different perspectives of people who have come out of it, people who are in it and government and at a government sort of level is what's being done about it. And it just, it's a real quality documentary. 
Um, it's done very well, and it's while it's a, a shocking topic, it's a powerful story of hope and, and change and how we can be part of making that change because often it's something you, you don't really want to hear about, but unfortunately a lot of people are involved in it, um, specifically children. So um, what the reason why we're doing it, um, we, we really, it's $20 a ticket. Um, we, we want to support what Hagar's doing and we're based in Afghanistan, Vietnam and Cambodia. Um, what Hagar does is we take people who have come out of the worst kind of abuses and um, we help them on their road to recovery. So um, in the past, Hagar's helped over 15,000 women and children. We also help men who um, rescue from slavery as well. Um, we have recovery shelters, education, counselling. Um, we're part of the court process and we also offer job placements. So Hagar's motto is whatever it takes for as long as it takes. Um, it's a very, I'd recommend, very good organisation. So if you can't come tomorrow night, um, please, yeah, feel free to, to help us out in any way. Um, we'd appreciate it. Um, so tomorrow night, um, 7.30 um, at Lido. But um, yeah, I just, just want to let you know, I forgot last week to say this, um, we've got tickets here. I'm selling them today if you'd like to come purchase them or you can go online as well. Um, yeah, just come and support us. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Leanne, um, what age group is it for? Yeah, is R16? R16. Um, you can check it out on the trailer. If you look it up, you can watch the trailer. Have a look at that uh, for yourself. This is something that we want to get more involved in as a church. Uh, it's fantastic. So thanks, Leanne. So it'll be great tonight if you are free uh, tomorrow night. Well, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, very interesting, won't it? Yeah, so might see you at the Lido tomorrow night. Is Sarah Hoskin here? Wayne, this is your moment. <laughs> How about you give Wayne a big hand because Wayne is going to come and share Psalm 55 with us. <laughs> I'm the new Sarah. <laughs> Psalm 55. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. My enemies shout at me, making loud and wicked threats. They bring trouble upon me and angrily hunt me down. My heart pounds in my chest. The terror of death assaults me. Fear and trembling overwhelm me, and I can't stop shaking. Oh, that I had wings like a dove, that I would fly away and rest. I would fly far away in the quiet of the wilderness. How quickly I would escape, far from this wild storm of hatred. Confuse them, Lord, and frustrate their plans, for I see violence and conflict in the city. Its walls are patrolled day and night against invaders, but the real danger is wickedness within the city. Everything is falling apart. Threats and cheating are rampant in the streets. It is not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It's not my foes who so arrogantly insult me. I could have hidden from them. Instead, it is you, my equal, my companion and my close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together in the house of God. Let death stalk my enemies. Let the grave swallow them up alive. 
for evil makes its home within them. But I will call on God, and the Lord will rescue me. Morning, noon, and night I will cry out in my distress, and the Lord hears my voice. He ransoms me and keeps me safe from the battle waged against me, though many still oppose me. God, who has ruled forever, will hear me and humble them. For my enemies refuse to change their ways. They do not fear God. As for my companion, he betrayed his friends. He broke his promises. His words are as smooth as butter, but his heart is war. His words are soothing as lotion, but underneath are daggers. Give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall, but you, O God, will send the wicked down to the pit of destruction. Murderers and liars will die young, but I am trusting you to save me. stand as we continue in worship. Thank you. 
To my 
why don't we start to lift our voices to Him in praise this morning. Come on, where you are, start to express your praise to Him. We praise you this morning, Jesus. You do bring us to our knees. You are our heart's desire. Oh, Father, there is nothing like living this life connected with you. We honour you and we praise you this morning in this place. We freshly surrender ourselves to you. Love being in your presence. We love being in your presence. We love you. We love who you are. Thank you for having a plan, a purpose for each of our lives. Thank you that you want to touch our city, our nation, the world. Jesus, you're amazing. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us. Thank you, Jesus, for paying such a steep price to reconnect us with the Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the answer of the world, that you are our answer, that you are the the hope of our future, that you are the hope of the future. Thank you that you were obedient to the will of your Father. Thank you that you poured yourself out for us. We love you. We love journeying with you. Thank you, Father, for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that we can do life with you. Thank you that you're right there. You're right here. And we purpose to engage with you today. We purpose to journey with you today. We purpose to be open to you and before you today. Why don't you seize seize this moment and use it to position yourself before God, whatever that looks like for you. Open your heart before Him. Tell Him what you think. I can just hear a rustling a gentle rustling of the spirit in the leaves I encourage you to open yourself up and receive from him this morning
nice, isn't it? To stop and to breathe in His presence, just for a little. Yeah. Well, good morning. It's lovely to see you. Oh, take a seat. Yeah, take a seat. Lovely to see you. Lovely to be with you. Just before I kick off, I just want to comment on a couple of things that have been said so far. Uh, the Business Plus event on Wednesday night that's happening. Thursday night, is it? Thursday night, yep. Scrub Wednesday, it's Thursday night. Yeah, the, the Business Plus. That is a great opportunity for any of us to be at. If you, were, if you were paying, if your work was sending you to hear him, they would be paying $500 a head for the night for you to come and hear him. There's no cost on it. We're doing this as a church because we want to uh, strengthen who you are we want to strengthen the capacity that we as believers have in our city and businesses and that we want to bless our community. So I encourage you to come. If you're sitting there going, should I, should I? Is it for me? Isn't it for me? Yes, it's for you. Come. You'll learn something. You'll grow. We all have a, a degree of leadership capacity on our lives. Uh, some people say they don't, but I would uh, argue that just to run your life takes some leadership capacity. And he will be helpful to you. He will be helpful to you in some way. So I really encourage you to be here on Thursday night for that event. It will be very, very good. The other one is um, Hagar that Leanne talked about. The best way to support Hagar is to get your faith commitment in because we're supporting them as a, as a church. And the best way for you to support them is to get your faith commitment in. And, and part of our journey with mission over this coming 12 months and toward the end of last year is we're reshaping the way that global mission looks a little bit uh, for us in the life of the church because there's issues like the slavery and um, uh, issues in the world that, that need to be addressed. And we are in an incredibly powerful position as Westerners. It's happening in the West, so don't kid yourself, it's not. But we are in an incredibly powerful position to be able to help do something. And um, so we want to bring the likes of uh, those issues into the life of what's happening with Global Mission. And Hagar is a great organisation. We've been looking at uh, them and others, the, the best way for us to partner going forward. So if you want to you know, support them financially, go for it with your Global Mission, and they will be benefiting. Good? Good. Well, it's nice to be home. It was nice to be away for the first three days. And then you want to go home. That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah, actually, it doesn't even last three days. The idea of going to the UK is good, isn't it? And you get on that second flight when you've already done your first 12 hours or whatever, and you go, oh, this is stupid. Whose idea was this? It's a long, long way. But it was a real privilege and an honour to be able to go there as part of our New Zealand national leadership team. And the primary reason of our trip was that we were um, representing New Zealand, I guess, flying the flag, for the Apostolic Church UK's 100-year celebration. And uh, if you have not been part of our church here for a long time, you may not know that the Acts Church movement, whom we are part of, used to be called the Apostolic Church movement. Still is in most part of the world. The name was giving us a bit of grief in this part of the world, so we changed it. You can do that. It's amazing. You just change it. And... Uh, uh, but, but at heart, we're the apostolic church. And so to go and celebrate 100 years and celebrate our roots uh, was quite, um, it was quite an honor, really, to be able to do that. 
And uh, so we enjoyed the opportunity. We started actually in the, um, when I say we, I mean Jan and I, we started first by going to Dublin. And we, uh, I think I preached in the only two apostolic churches that exist in Dublin. One of them is only a couple of weeks old. And uh, so I got to preach in both of those while we were there and um, developing a great relationship with the pastor there in Dublin who you will probably get to meet next year sometime. If you blink quickly, you'll think he's me. But we share haircuts. <coughs> he's a good guy. I need to say no more. Actually, he plays trumpet too. He's a very good guy. <laughs> um, and then on the way home, we got to stop in... Um, Hong Kong with Grant and Vicky McAllister. And so they've really had quite some change over recent times. They've relocated to Hong Kong. And um, they can, they can, they're loving being there. And it gives Grant the freedom to go in and out of China. Uh, but it's much better for their visa stuff. And Vicky's got a good job there in a the school. Vicky, she's, she's odd. Hey, she's odd. She might hear this. Vicky, you're odd. In the, lo- in the loveliest kind way. No, no, we walk out and she goes, I just love this heat. And it's like 34 degrees and the weather forecast thing says it feels like 44 and you can swim through the atmosphere. It's so thick with humidity and it's like, how can you love this? But anyway, I stood at the sideline watching the footy yesterday with my son and I thought, actually, I like Hong Kong better. (laughs) Jan wants the cold. She loves it better. Each one of us has a small window of time. Each one of us has a small window of time to leave our mark or our impact on planet Earth. And that's all we get. How big your window is, I've got no idea. You've got no idea. But we have a window and we get to happen to the window. The window doesn't happen to us. I've been loving the Olympics. In fact, with the jet lag, I was watching the Olympics at four o'clock yesterday morning. And, but, but I love the fact that these athletes have trained and they've worked so hard, not knowing what the outcome's going to be, but giving everything to it so they can happen to their window. And they're going to the Olympics and they're making an impact. I saw in the news headlines this morning that one of our cyclists, first heat, wiped out. Didn't even finish the race. Along with, I think, three crashed in front of her and she went into them. Well, if she wrote the script, I bet she didn't write the script that way. But nonetheless, she's happening to her window. She's given it everything. She's going to leave her mark. She's going to make an impact She's not just letting life happen to her. She's not wandering through life with no sense of passion and no sense of urgency whatsoever. She's happening to it. Valerie Adams yesterday, I don't know how many of you saw her. Boy, she was looking good for gold, wasn't she? I'd be doing a drug test on that American girl. But anyway, just, just saying, just saying. No, she got it all together, didn't she, for that one shot. That was absolutely stunning. And, and And so she didn't quite get the goal she was hoping to, but my goodness, she's impacting. She's making her time count in the area that she wants to make it count in. And, And they're living with passion. That's the thing that I see because I see the greatest problem with New Zealanders and on the whole, but the greatest problem in the Waikato. 
Can I say that as someone who lived in Canterbury for a long, long time, shifting back to the Waikato, the thing that hits me in the face in the Waikato is the apathy in this region. It is like there is a blanket in this region that lives over people, and people in this region are not known for passion. In Canterbury, one-eyed Cantabrians. They say it for a good reason. And it's because they are passionate. Hello, Nobelos, welcome home. How long have you been back for? Oh, cool, nice to see you. Awesome, you have a good time? Awesome, great, I'm back. Just sidetracked for a moment. It was good. Um, but but there was, there's this there's this lack of zeal and a lack of passion in Hamilton. When we came back, I first noticed it, and this isn't a comment about any of us, so don't worry, but, but I, I noticed it when we came into the city, and, and I said to Jan, look at the way people are dressing. Look at the way people are dressing. You can go out at night in Hamilton and find people walking on the streets in their pyjamas, for goodness sake. You go, there is something wrong with that. There is something wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah? And, and just there's this, like, there's this sense of a lid on flair. I'm talking about, well, even what I plan to talk on, but there you go. There's this, there's this lid on this region that stops people coming into the flair, into the passion that the design that we are designed to live with. In other words, our window of time is happening to us. We're not happening to it. And we've got to happen to our window of time. The Welsh Revival. Jan and I had the privilege, so we were in Cheltenham at the, the celebration, and one of the things we could do was if we wanted to sign up, we could go to Wales for the day on a bus trip and see the roots where it all happened, the Welsh Revival. So we decided we are going to do that. We were so close. Wales, it's only two hours away from Cheltenham. So, so we get on the bus, as you do, we bought some um, bus sick pills, you know, uh, travel sick pills, because I get car sick. I don't know what they put in them over there, but it was embarrassing. I could not stay awake. <laughs> People would be talking to me, and I just... <laughs> it was terrible. Anyway, by lunchtime, I was okay, and that's about when we got there. So that was okay, but the morning was really hard work. But anyway, we went on this trip to Wales, and I was... I, was in, I don't know if I was impressed. I don't know what I was. I was moved. I was moved. We went to this place called Moriah Chapel. And Moriah Chapel is in a little place. You might have to help me here, Jan. Was it called Lockle? 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 Something like that. It's just a little village. Just a little village in Wales. It's a nothing, without being rude, it's a nothing place. It's like driving through... Um, I can't think of a place. Yeah, everything you think about is too big. It's, it's a bit like, it probably feels about the size of T-Rail, but it hasn't got anywhere near the flair of T-Rail. There's just like hardly anything there. It's, it's, it's just this little place. It's a cool little place up in the valley. But it, it's not a major place. It's just out of um, Cardiff, I think it's the city name. Anyway, it, it's there. And so we go to visit this place, Mariah Chapel. Come back to me. How do I go backwards? I don't know how to go backwards. I'm going to start again. Hang on. So we go to this place. Oh, I've made a mistake. 
um, Mariah Chapel, and, and, and it's just this old building, 1842 it's built. And we go in there, this is what it looks like inside, that's not as big as it looks. You probably fit 70 people in there if you're lucky. Actually, I really like this idea, we're going to adopt it. See, see these little marks, the vertical ones on the seats? Can you see those? There's like vertical lines on the seats? Petitions. And it was really cool back then, because there's such a demand in the chapel, you paid for your seat. <laughs> and so depending on how many people you had on the family, if you paid for four slots, they put a petition there. And if you paid for six, they put a petition there. I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> so that's taking, you know, your seat at church to a whole new level as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, um, so that's it inside, the balcony, everything. Uh, what, what happened there at Mariah Chapel is, that is um, kind of the, the home church of Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts is known as, as really the, um, the key figure of the Welsh Revival. The Welsh Revival happened 1904 to 1906. He was really the key figure. And not this building, but a little building right beside it uh, on the same property is the actual place they say the Welsh Revival started in a prayer meeting. And uh, somewhere I've got, I couldn't find, somewhere I've got a picture that I got Jan to take of me standing behind the pulpit in that place. But here I am standing by the pulpit in, what's it called? Mariah. Fascinating, eh? So we got there and they're telling us the stories of the Welsh Revival. What, it's absolutely incredible. Over a two-year two year period, something like 250,000 people got saved. It changed the nation and touched the world. All from this little place up in the valley, not greatly significant as far as locations go. Very significant in God. Very. And so we visit this place. That's all very good. And then we go outside, we hear the stories, we go outside, and there is the grave of Evan Roberts, the man. And I found it quite moving because I thought, here we are in this place that God has done something spectacular. We're hearing the stories, we're seeing the buildings, we step outside, and there's his grave. Just a window of time. We went from there up to a place called Pennygrows and we visited a place called the Temple. That is the first building. This is the birthplace of the Apostolic Church, 1916. And uh, the Temple is a birthplace. And again, a little building, nothing fancy. Um, there's Jan waving hello. They still use it today. And God from there, with a bunch of people stretched out, the bunch of guys that launched out of there, D.P. Williams is our founder as a movement. The man under him is Warren Jones, who used to be the uh, leader of the Apostolic Church in the UK, and he is a great storyteller. He was telling us the history. And... Um, uh, had us all singing these old hymns that a lot of you probably knew. I didn't, but you probably do. Uh, 
so D.P. Williams, he was there, they built this thing, and then not far away, because this had just exploded, they built a convention centre that th met, uh, holds 3,000 people, and they've met there for years and years and years. And uh, the vision of the apostolic church when it was put in place was to belt the globe with the gospel. While today the apostolic church is represented in roughly 100 countries around the world with approximately 15 million people attached. And then he died. As you do. That's right, Nari. As you do. Just a window of time. And I felt it quite moving personally that I was in these buildings hearing these stories of great men of faith in the building, standing behind the pulpit that they stood behind. And then I walk out and I see their grave. And I go, wow, it's just a moment of time. And then I come home this week to the news that fully, as we knew him, had passed away. Now, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced, I don't want to be disrespectful in any way, but I'm absolutely convinced that if you had asked him what his week looked like last Monday, he wasn't planning it to look quite like it looked. Just a moment of time. Just a moment of time that we have no control over. But I ask us the question this morning, are we happening to our world? Are we impacting our window or is our window impacting us? I've got to admit that as sad as I was that we've lost fully, I was thrilled for him. You know, his daughter passed away years and years ago when Jan was young. You're still young, darling. <laughs> his wife passed away, his son passed away, and now he gets to be with his family. That's a win. That is a win. I, I, in that sense, I am absolutely thrilled for him. But I am a little sad for us. Ecclesiastes 3 says this. There's a time for everything. For everything there is a season. There is a time for every activity under heaven. There is a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to mend and a time Sorry, a time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole of God's scope, the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. We have a window. Every one of us. And I don't want that to sound morbid because it's not. It's fact. We have a window. The question is, are we allowing our window of time to happen to us 
or are you happening to your window of time? Now, I come to believe this more than ever, is that the true significance of our window will only be realized through prayer. Once upon a time, that was a good theory for me. Now it's, it, it, it's, it's burning in my spirit like you would not believe. That the true significance of our window will only be realized through prayer. And this is what I find, sadly, that so many of us are spending our time and our energy chasing our tails and focusing on temporal concerns that are really not worth the time of God's kids. They're just not. I remind us of Matthew 21. My temple will be called a house of prayer. House of prayer. My temple is? Speak up. Us. Me. Personalize it. My temple is? His temple is? Me. Me. And prayer is so important. But many of us spend our times on, on rubbish. Many of us spend our times. So, because here's the deal. My house will be called a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a den of thieves. If you remember when we looked at that scripture, if Jesus, if you take the, the practical, the natural picture, and then you apply it to us being the temple of God, when he walks in through our gates, what's he find? When he walks in through our gates. He walked in through the temple gates and found a den of thieves. When he walks through our gates into our life, what's he find? And so many of us have just got rubbish going on here. We're struggling with rubbish. And we're struggling and we're allowing offenses to go around and around and around. And we allow, allow lies to go around and we just chew on them. Lies Chewing on them all of the time. Trivia going around and around. Stuff that's vulgar going around and around. Stuff that's demonic going around and around and around within the gates of our temple. And he says, no, no, that's not for you. That's not for you. My temple will be called a house of prayer. My temple will be called a house of prayer. And there's too many of us waste our time and our energy playing in our den of thieves. And I'm not excluded from that. Believe me, my mind's a nightmare some days. I'm not excluded from that. But our call isn't to play in the den of thieves, but rather to pray to the King of Kings. And we can all do that. John 10.10, you know, my favorite scripture. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I came that you have life in abundance. Life in abundance is found in a place of prayer. I had a great opportunity this week. I met Pastor Zhu. Zhu. And he's a Chinese man, and I, I couldn't quite nail it, Ray. You might be able to help me. He's either the, the founder or the leader of the Back to Jerusalem movement in China, or both. Founder and leader. 76 years old, I think, Chinese man. Now lives in America. He's been exiled from China. Overseas, 20 million Christians in China. That's quite a large number, 20 million Christians. And um, didn't have too long with him, but I wanted to ask him about prayer. And he said, well, here's the thing. I've learned that prayer is the only option. It's not a, an option. It is the only option. 
and in circumstances that he's been through, being locked up in jail and everything else, it literally was the only option. But prayer is so important. And he talked to us about prayer, the passion of the man. Quite amazing, wasn't it? Just You could feel it see burning in his eyes and smile on his face. Lovely man. His passion around prayer was beautiful. So I remind myself, Ephesians chapter 6, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. The way to fight them is prayer. That's how we fight. That's how we battle. That's how we impact our window. Because it's spiritual powers. Spiritual powers know that when we're praying, they're in trouble. 1 Peter 3 says that all the angels and authorities accept his, Jesus, authority. All the angels and authorities accept his authority. So there is power, incredible power in, in prayer. Our fight is not against powers and principalities. But what we do is we can get caught up fighting the symptoms instead of the cause. The cause needs to be fought in prayer. Using our window of time for prayer is a good use of our time. Very good use. It was interesting when I was talking to Pastor Zhu, he, um, I asked him about you know, what prayer looks like for him, what prayer looks like in their world. And um, he answered it differently than what I thought. But he said, oh, when we pray, when Chinese pray, we pray from spirit. It's spirit praying. I went, oh, yeah, that's good. And he said, when Westerners pray, the mind, logic prays. He said, it's different. It's power in spirit, not in logic. I thought that was quite challenging. But it was interesting that he went on and he said, actually, what we need is a blend. Not one or the other, but both found that quite fascinating. This thing about prayer is, it's taken a while, but it really is, it really is sinking in for me. The importance of living a life of prayer. So I asked him to give me some, some prayer points when I was, there, you know, some points. I noted them when he was talking about prayer. He said, pray without ceasing. Make prayer your lifestyle. Make it your lifestyle. In the context of us happening to our window and our window not happening to us, make prayer your lifestyle. He said, pray with the spirit, the heart, not just with logic. He also said the gap between what we are given to do and us ever achieving it is prayer. Now, how different is that from our Western approach? I come home, I've got a big pile of things to do, work harder, work longer work faster, work more diligently. He goes, he goes, you know, you work hard, yeah, that's a given. But actually the, the gap between what we're asked to achieve in God and ever achieving it is prayer. It's not working harder. It's prayer. I'd argue with him, except he's leading 20 million Christians. He said prayer is the only option. The only option. So God marked a nation called Wales and then impacted the world. Out of that Welsh revival, we have the Apostolic Church movement, we have the Elam Church movement, 
There's another one too, can't remember what it is right now. That have touched the globe in a small window of time. Two years. Two years was the actual length of the, the recorded length of the revival where God put his mark, where God opened his window, touched people's lives. I tell you the other thing that amazed me is the, is the response of, of the, the people of the time when God spoke and just the, the willingness to do what God said, like the prophetic, you know, the, the prophets would speak and the people would do without hesitation. So the prophet be celebrating on a Sunday morning and they'd go, in their old-fashioned language, they'd go, Wayne, go to New Zealand. Lord's calling you to New Zealand. Well, he'd be on a boat next week with his family going to New Zealand. They just did. We now, we'd approach it a bit different. Okay, I'll pray about that. Yeah, no, I can't go yet. I've got to get some training. Yeah, I'll get some training. I'll go to university. I'll learn New Zealand language. Good luck. I'll... Uh, yeah, I oh know, I better learn about the culture. Now, I should probably work for 15 years first, so I've got something to come back to. Uh, oh, no, it's a bit late now. I won't go. He must have just had too much cheese that night and prophesied that out of whatever. We're not in the... Not the these, they just went, and they changed the globe. They happened to their window. They didn't let their, happen, their window happen to them. And the window, the, the, the spirit of apathy over our country, over this region, causes us to sit, and our window happens to us. We can be accused of being a passionless people. We can, because passion changes things. We can be accused of sitting and watching the world go by. Oh, I should do something about I'm speaking to myself. I'm not just speaking to you. Oh, I should do something about that. Yeah, I'll think about it. I could do something about that. Oh, yeah, I'll think about it. But we've got this little window of time. I don't know how long yours is. I don't know how long mine is. But I'm determined to happen to my window. It's not going to happen to me. I'm absolutely determined... I wonder what dreams God's placed in your heart. I wonder what he's put in your spirit that's stirring away and going around. I wonder what seeds he's planted in you that require you to take some action and get on the front foot and happen to your window rather than just thinking about it. Having a why not attitude rather than a why attitude. Having a nothing's going to stop me attitude rather than, oh, do I have to? I wonder what's birth. I wonder what stirs. I wonder if you sit in the quiet for long enough and just ask God to show you some of the dreams and some of the seeds he's planted in you. I wonder what would stir. Because I'm convinced we've got to happen to our city. Absolutely convinced we've got to happen to our city. And it's not us that's happening to our city. It's the good news of Jesus Christ that needs to happen to our city. And we're carriers of that good news. I don't ask for a, for a repeat of Wales. I don't ask for a repeat of that at all. That was yesterday. It's a, it's a memorial. There's a gravestone in the ground there with a cross on it that celebrates what was. 
I don't ask for that, but I do ask for what is. And I do ask that God would breathe on our nation again and that he would breathe on our nation powerfully and that he would breathe on our nation in a fresh way. And I pray that he would breathe on us as a church in a fresh way. I pray that he would breathe on you in a fresh way. I pray in a sense that he would put fire in your belly again. And that he would stir you and he would stir up passion and he would stir up the cause that you happen to your window, that your window doesn't happen to you. Chronicles tells me that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Then they'll pray. Then they'll seek my face. Then I will heal their land. But it all starts by us humbling ourselves and saying, well, God, maybe I haven't got it all together. Maybe I do need you to stir me again. Maybe I do need you to light the fire again. Maybe I have been squashed by this cloud of apathy. Maybe I'm sitting here watching the world go by and that's not okay. I put my hand up today, Lord, and I say, I need help to break free of that, but I want to. Help me happen to my window. Please, Lord, don't let my window happen to me. Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Let me give you quickly, because I'm done time-wise, some take-homes. How to make the most of your window. Ask yourself this question. Maybe think about it for a day or two. What is the one thing you can do this week that will leave your mark? What's one thing, just one thing, you can do this week that will leave your mark? Is there anything, another question, is there anything that you are holding back on at the moment that you know you should be on the front foot with and you're on the back foot? If you're on the back foot, why? You think your window's going to go on forever? It's not. Come on, get on the front foot. Make a decision. I'm going to get on the front foot. I'm going to happen to my window. Another question, what does your mark look like? Another question or thought. Prayer makes a difference. Can I ask you to consider, do you really believe that statement? Prayer makes a difference. What I'd like you to do is consider the statement, that statement, and ask yourself, do you really believe that? How's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? I know this, revival in 2006 to 2000 and, uh, 2004, 2000, sorry, 1904 to 1906 in Wales was all about people getting connected to God. God turned up, he stirred things up, he shook things up, he sent people out all over the globe for the purpose of people connecting with him. That's what it was all about. It wasn't so that church would look a certain way. It wasn't so church government would look a certain way or anything else, although he did use that move to bring some real revelation around church governance and church government. But that's not what it was about. It was about people connecting to him. And this morning, I don't know where 
all of you are from, but if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're here this morning and you can't confidently say, I am on the journey with Jesus. I am walking with Jesus. I know Jesus. We don't know him completely, of course, but to a limited degree, we know him. We're walking with him. If you can't say that confidently this morning, I would like to invite you to start the journey with him. Maybe you're here this morning and for whatever reason you're on the journey and you've stepped back. Fallen back. There's, there's a number of thing, reasons that can cause that to happen. But let me tell you, the cloud of apathy over this part of the country sure doesn't help staying on the front foot and staying passionate in our walk with Jesus. Maybe you just need to pick things up again today and go, Blot, I'm going to start again. That's all right, I start again all the time. I start again every day. I'm going to start again. I'm going to walk again. I'm going to live for Jesus again. I'm going to be passionate for him again. I'm going to get to know him again. I'm going to start to pray again. But as we close, I'd like to give you the opportunity right now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, if you're not walking with him, we're designed to walk with God. Our best life is lived walking with God. When we walk with God, we walk with hope. When we walk with God, we walk with love. When we walk with God, we're not perfect, but we're walking. Can I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment, please? If this morning you're saying, yes, Jesus, I want to walk with you. I choose to walk with you today for the first time or I'm going to start again. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment. And you're not responding to me. You're responding to God. You're saying, God, I need you in my world. I want to walk with you in my world. I want to get to know you. I want to receive forgiveness of all the stuff I've done wrong because I know that only you can do that. I want to walk afresh, anew. The Bible tells us we're a new creature in Christ when we give our heart to him. If you want to respond to Jesus this morning, can you lift your hand now just so I can see it quickly? don't need to hold it up for long. I just want to acknowledge you. A couple more seconds. Jesus, I thank you for the window of time that you've given each of us. It's precious beyond measure. And Father, I ask that you would stir in each of us this morning. Holy Spirit, that you would stir, that you would light a fire in our bellies this morning, that we would happen to our window and our window wouldn't happen to us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would uh, cause apathy to be removed from our lives, that you would blow the cloud of apathy off our lives and that passion would burn bright and passion would burn fiercely within each of us. Lord, and we would all stand up. We would stand, we'd take hold of this window you've given us. We'd take hold of the dreams that you've placed in our heart and we would partner with you, whatever that looks like, to walk into our window for your purpose, 
to achieve those things you've foreseen, that we would leave our mark on the city, that we'd leave our mark on the nation, we'd leave our mark on the planet in Jesus' name. And Lord, one day when people look at our gravestones, I pray that they would be moved, that these are lives that have been lived with passion, that these are lives that made a difference, that these are lives that glorified Jesus, these are lives that loved Jesus, these are lives that are then with Jesus. For your glory, I pray, stir us, don't let us settle, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Sheridan. You're as challenged as I am. It's a great word, wasn't it? Can you remind me of the number of people that came to Jesus in that revival? About a quarter of a million. In two years, 250,000 people came to Jesus out of that little tiny town when revival took place. When I discovered that, I mean, I'm sure I've heard it before, but you know, that number, I just thought, hello, that's more than Hamilton, you know? And, you know, sometimes I think, you know, we sort of go, oh, maybe, maybe our few friends or our few workmates, you know, may come to know Jesus. But come on, let's dream bigger. Over 250,000 in two years came to know Jesus. If I did say, but I meant to say, it all started from a prayer meeting. Mm. The Welsh revival started from a prayer meeting. So Tuesday night, where we're praying <laughs> every Tuesday, seven thirty here. I love Tuesday nights. I missed them when we was away. So look forward to Tuesday night, seven thirty. Oh yeah, fantastic. Well, go and have a fantastic day. We have got six o'clock tonight. Sheridan is going to be uh, speaking again tonight. And who knows what's going to happen because God is here too. And uh, enjoy a coffee. If you are here for the first time, please pick up a a welcome pack on your way out on the right in the foyer. Thank you for being purposed in your giving. I declare blessing upon you as you give. Blessing upon the church. Blessing upon our community, our city, our nation, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for revival. Thank you, God, for many people coming to know you, stepping into relationship with you. Thank you, God, for big dreams. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in us and through us. Yes and amen. Cool. I think that's all I've covered in the bits and pieces. (laughs) Have an amazing day. Maybe see you tonight, six o'clock.